Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You know, the Bank of Canada and the betting of folks in the economic world thought that they were not going to raise interest rates, and they did not, but there were some warnings. So how has it changed the field in mortgage costs and renting? We're going to take a really deep dive on this this hour. We're going to begin with James Laird, co-founder and co-CEO of RateHub. James, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. All right, what a weekend. I mean, we're we're trying to digest the effect of the lack of a of a rate hike. And so many Canadians were very, very nervous. Should they be a little calmer now? Yeah, a, a little calmer, Arlene. It was um, you know, a year of the biggest rate hikes we've seen for 30 years. So uh, you know, people got used to their rates going up, especially on the variable side, but we've now had the second rate hold, uh, in a row. And so we are, you know, I think the market was searching for a new equilibrium, um, post pandemic, post rate hikes in this inflation fighting environment that we're in. And we are cautiously, we have cautiously found that new equilibrium that I think, Canadians can expect uh, several more rate holds from the Bank of Canada unless um, some piece of data comes in that surprises them. It is. You know, we're watching very carefully. We're watching to see what the Fed does. And other countries around the world are also not committing to the end of rate hikes. What are the variables? What are we looking for that could change this? I think the the, the main things that they're looking at uh, Number one is inflation. They are trying to get the, the central banks are trying to get their policy rate up high enough and leave them there such that inflation moves back uh, to target. Target in Canada is 2%. Um, while at the same time, they're, they're trying to do that without causing a recession. So it's, a, it's definitely uh, a tightrope act uh, that they're attempting here slow things down enough to get inflation under control, but not so much that we enter a recession. Um, and we'll see if they can pull it off. How do they pull it off? That's the magic question, isn't it? It's been such an unusual time because we have high job numbers. It, it's not a, a normal kind of a worrisome moment when we talk about the big arm recession. There's no doubt that certain variables seem to be pulling in opposite directions. You know, uh, drug, job numbers remain quite strong. Um, yeah, yeah, I think one industry, which of course we specialize in here, housing and mortgages has um, slowed down very significantly since uh, last summer when the, when the big rate hikes started. So yeah, it depends on which, which aspect you zoom in on. Um, but certainly that that high jobs number would be would be the number one thing that is still pushing uh, inflation or causing inflation to be stubborn uh, is that extremely high employment rate. All right. You know, we call it mortgage pain. And I'm sure that's something you've been really looking at. Um, what kind of risk are we at right now of mortgage pain? Because we've been looking at who did what, when and when do they have to renew as uh, some of the factors that could lead to them in a tricky situation here? Well, so I, I think mortgage pain is assured. It's in a way, <laughs> it's already happened. Um, 
you know, it was always going to be painful moving off of the historic lows that we probably got a little too used to. Um, you know, we had variable rates at less than 1% and fixed rates at less than 2% through the pandemic. Um, and that was not normal. Um, but but moving off of the historic low, it, it's painful. Um, I think when I look at it, I expect um, households are strained uh, along with the rest of their expenses, grocery bills, gas bills. They're, they're certainly strained, but um, I don't think these rates are high enough that it should break most households, meaning they can't make their mortgage payment. I think, um, you know, what gives me a lot of peace of mind in making that statement is that uh, all borrowers were stress tested at around mm-hmm. 5% who got a mortgage. And, and that's really, you know, the the highest rate that anyone has is in and around that 5% mark. Um, so uh, is there strain in household budgets right now? Absolutely. But unless there's been a job loss or some other, you know, major impactful event within the household finances, um, there still should be the ability to cover that mortgage payment, even if difficult decisions are being made. You know, mm-hmm. some extracurricular activities might need to be cut back on, you know, less eating out, things like that. So there's definitely uh, choices being made and and tightening occurring. But again, unless there's been a job loss or something like that, um, people should still be able to make those mortgage payments at these higher rates. So, James, as you're saying that, it's very true. You know, we were just talking about uh, the factor of those job numbers. They have kept all this possible. But what if that shifts? And are there any, I hate to keep going back on this, because I, but I know people who are worried about this. They say, what if that scenario changes? Well, well, look, if, you know, it, it all comes back to employment, it all comes back to, to jobs. Um, I, I think we should acknowledge that the Bank of Canada is trying to, like, it sounds funny to say, but they actually are trying to put a few more people out of work. That's, yeah. it, it sounds weird to say, but that's actually It's what the medicine, isn't it? That's what they're it's trying the to medicine. do. medicine, so, yeah. yeah. Labor markets are too tight and... Uh, a more frank way of saying that is we want a few more people to be unemployed, which sounds really weird to say that, uh, but we don't want too many. And uh, look, when when people are, when unemployment rises uh, too much, uh, all bets are off. Like there's no, there's no cure. Um, if, if the household has lost one or both incomes, uh, well, th- then there is no, you know, uh, making choices, this or that. There's no cutting back on your, your that. That is when household budgets break. Is when uh, one or both incomes are lost. So uh, that will always be key to an economy is having um, you know the vast majority of people who want to work uh, be able to work. Right. You know, when we break it down too, I know people were stress tested, but they also assumed, because I want to get in for a moment into the psychology of all this, and because it is important when it comes to the economy, you know, they were they were stress tested, but they assumed they were paying off a certain amount of the interest portion of that. What kind of a factor do we have in people's finances when that interest that they're paying off is smaller and smaller, you know, eventually they're going to have to, to refinance their mortgage and they may be a bit shocked. 
Yeah, I think we should start this this discussion while acknowledging that um, the vast majority of Canadians are in five-year fixed-rate mortgages, which, so what you said, would not apply to them. Mm. Um, the group of Canadians you're talking about are in variable-rate mortgage mortgages with uh, fixed payments, uh, which means that the payments uh, have not changed to uh, compensate for the higher interest rates. And so if the payment doesn't change, the only thing that can change is the amortization. It gets longer and longer as you're paying less and less of your uh, principal off. Um, and when I think of this group, I, I look to another group, which is there's um, a portion of Canadians have a variable rate mortgage with a variable payment. And so that means that their payments have moved in lockstep up with the rises in interest rates. So mm -hmm. their original amortization is still true. They're paying off all their interest and the same principal that they had planned on paying before. Um, and again, this, this group, um, like they're kind of the, the tip of the spear. If we want to understand what Canadians are going to need to go through in the years ahead. This group of Canadians just went through it this past year, right? They, they are already paying five and a half percent. Just like we're, you know, we're kind of wondering when people come up for renewal, how are they going to deal with it? Well, this, this group is already dealing with it. And um, again, I come back to, are they strained, annoyed, frustrated, this, you know, every other um, kind of negative word Yes, they are, but are they making their payments? They are. Um, like our, our arrears rate is is extremely low and, and continues to be. Um, now that's that's a bit of a trailing indicator, so it, it takes time for you know the bills mm -hmm. to pile up. But still, um, we 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 have a very low arrears rate, and I think it's because we have very prudent lending practices in this country. Uh, most people who have, or really everyone who has a mortgage, they had to go through a, a pretty arduous underwriting process uh, in order to qualify to borrow uh, that money. As you mentioned, they're making the payment and they're making it happen. And I, again, I get back to the mindset here. I'm reminded of times where I paid a much higher interest rate than that. So I'm one of the seasoned people. But there is a demographic here, James, that really doesn't know anything else but very, very cheap money. How is that affecting the psychology of our economy and the market and buying a house and all of it? It's a bit of a shock. No doubt. I think there's a generation. I, I think I'm probably the, the eldest of that generation. I, I started my mortgage and real estate career about 15 years ago, um, right before the financial crisis. So right, mm -hmm. right as I was starting, rates were similar to where they are right now. Uh, fixed rates around four or five variable rates, similar. And then the financial crisis has happened and rates dropped then. And at that time, that was the historic lows. I remember when the five-year fixed rate went below 4% for the first time in Canadian history. And then it went below 3% for the first time in Canadian history. And the pandemic brought the first time below 2% in Canadian history. So uh, yeah, it's been a decade and a half now of what, if you go back further than that, are extremely unusually low rates. Like that's, that's what's kind of funny about even this discussion yeah. is that like, 
we have a five-year fixed rate at 4.29%. And, you know, if I, if I called my dad and asked him how good a rate that is, he'd he say burst that out is, laughing. Yeah. He'd be happy running in the street. <laughs> yeah. He'd say, yeah. He'd say we could have eaten out as a family <laughs> twice a week through the eighties and nineties if that's kidding. what I could have paid on my mortgage. So, but that, that, that doesn't change the fact your, your point about mm-hmm. um, just because going back 50 years, um, these rates aren't too bad. It, it doesn't change the fact that for a, a big group of younger Canadians, these do feel like very high rates um, and, and rates that they're not used to. So we're going to have to get used to them and we're, we're, you know, there's no other option. No, and, and keeping with this and the mindset, and you can almost see uh, um, to your point about uh, the historical impact of this, you know, Tiff Macklin really seemed to want to make a point that there were some people predicting, we know that there's optimists in this business saying, okay, this is it, they're going to start going down. We started hearing all those teases, but Tiff Macklin being pretty clear on Wednesday, they are a tease. And they are not a sure thing. So uh, clearly the Bank of Canada understands there is a mindset and they almost have been like prepping the battlefield, prepping the waters here for what could happen and not getting people too optimistic. How important is that? Yeah, I think Tiff and his team, they they have two tools to uh, fight inflation with. The main one is what is the actual rate? What What is their overnight rate? It's also the language, um, and I think I, I think both in his press conference, but also in the uh, in the announcement, they you know that sentence that actually disappeared a month ago came back, which said, "We will raise rates higher if we need to." And I think like when I read that, I, I was like, "Oh, yeah. the Bank of Canada is sick of people asking them when they're going to drop rates." Um, he, he like you know he was again clear in his press conference that. He thinks a rate cut this year is not a likely scenario, uh, even though the bond market is pricing that in. Um, so I think in their language, they are trying to beat back some of that optimism that you're talking about. All right. And just uh, focusing on the housing market and how it affects things just for a moment here. You know, we've had some after the speech and announcement by the Bank of Canada's Tiff Macklin say this uh, crazy housing market that continues to be so strong is, quote, unsustainably high. How does that factor into this? Because, you know, so many times, even in this conversation, we talk about that things are still there. People are still making their payments. That's very positive. But the optimism is still there too. And the markets, the jobs are strong and the housing market is strong. What do they mean about the warning that it's unsustainably high? We've heard that before, but I think this uh, demographic is starting to see sometimes things actually happen. Yeah, I mean, um, we might need another hour to talk about the... (laughs) Yeah. The the housing market, when people say the unsustainability, I think they're they're referring to uh, values rather than transactions. Like whenever we discuss real estate, you know, on a year over year basis or uh, what have you, we're usually talking about one of two numbers. Uh, the first being what is the average home value in that region and um, home values are down between 10 and 20%, depending on which market in Canada you're, you are in versus the peak about this time last year. Um, so down, but not like they're still, um, like my view is they've 
given back about half of the gains that they made during the pandemic. Um, that crazy pandemic run up that we saw in home values across mm. the country, about half has been given back. Um, and, and so that, like, I think most people look at that and say, the comments that you opened with say like that is still too high. Um, and the, the, sec the second aspect is transactions and transactions are, are way down. Um, we're at, you know, 20 year lows in most markets from a transaction perspective. Um, and that's because we have call it disciplined or stubborn um, buyers and sellers where you know, sellers are saying, I, I don't need to sell this property. The rental market's very strong. So unless I can get, you know, what my neighbor got, I'm just not mm -hmm. going to sell. I'm just going to rent it for a year. And then on the other side, buyers are saying, you know, things have changed. Rates are higher. Um, whereas the past 10 years in many markets, a buyer would just do whatever it took to get that house because they thought that house would be worth more next quarter. Yeah, you got it. They're being more disciplined. They're saying, look, I'm going to, my bid is this, I'm not moving from it. And if that doesn't get me this house, so be it. And so that with both sides of the table, unwilling to, you know, negotiate or budge much, we're still at a very low point from a number of transaction perspective uh, so we'll see how that unfolds through the spring here. I think that the more stable rates are, um, people would prefer them to be lower, but at least they're not going up anymore. That provides, you know, at least the variable is solid for you to make your housing decision at the moment versus uh, four months ago, you weren't sure what rate you would have to finance that new purchase. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.